Welcome to the Asylum. Now, your hosts, Rick Flieger and Rick Briggs. That's right. Thank you, Mark LeMay. Welcome into the Asylum. We are Flieger and Briggs, and welcome to what is most likely the last regular season game of the fantasy season coming up. Maybe you're in one of these crazy leagues that goes to week 17. If but you're in a good league, this is the last yeah, regular exactly. season week for you. Exactly. So but the playoff pushes on. The heat is on us, Rick. We've got to get it done. We've probably lost more than half of our audience heading into this week. Understandable, but the other half, Rick, they need us, buddy. It is on. It is game time. If you happen to be listening and just, you know, for some reason, you know, listen another five seconds. If you're out of the playoffs, look at your schedule. If you can screw somebody oh, yeah. out of the playoffs, do it, man. That's, Don't quit. Don't ever quit. That might be better than making the playoffs, is knocking one of those other losers in your league out. Exactly. So do, you, do you have that opportunity, Rick, heading in? As you, I believe you're not going to make the playoffs in the cave. I can really. make you number one seed. So I'm, oh, I'm kind. I have mixed emotions here. <laughs> so you can screw one guy, but help me, and both very screw worthy, I suppose. Yeah. So. Yeah, I, I get the bye week. I can't remember the last time I had the bye week. I'm thinking about resting all my guys this week, too, just to make sure nobody gets hurt. Yeah, mate, yeah, rest them. That's a good idea. I think I'm going to shut them down. <laughs> I'm going to shut uh, Felt Street down for a week might be the plan. That, that That's a great idea because, you know, if you if you bench them, they won't get hurt. Right. It's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to, uh, trying to help uh, other fantasy owners out by doing that as well. So rolling in Felt Street, try, trying to make it uh, – three-time caveman league champion and i'm sitting in pretty good position in most both most leagues i know we got scott fishbowl those playoffs start this week i believe don't they i don't know but i i tell you what i have suffered some gruesome injuries in the scott fishbowl and of course on top of everything else i got crabtree suspended coming into this week (laughs) and it's just a debacle right now i've lost two in a row i'm down to I believe seven and four. I think that'll probably still get you. And I'm pretty sure you might want to check those playoffs start this week. I know this is the first time I've ever made the playoffs in the Scott Fish Bowl. I did make the quarterfinals one year. I was quite proud of that. But I'll tell you what, it's a tough go in this league. Yeah, and I'm I'm doing it with duct tape and scotch tape and glue. <laughs> and I mean, that team I have is ugly, but they, they just seem to score just enough. I don't even have a linchpin, I can say. Yeah, but for this guy. It's, Here's your linchpin. I'm just about that action, boss. No, not on that. Day. I don't no. think I have any Lynch shares. If you listen back in the preseason, Rick and I implored you to stay away from Marshawn Lynch yeah. to much mockery, but uh, we, we win again. So, haha. Anyhow, Rick, lots to get into. Why don't, why don't we pay some bills first, Rick? Why don't you do that? Well, it is a good idea, Rick. Uh, you know, fantasy sports fans, which I hope you are, listen up. Did you know that your chances of winning on draft? or 80% better than on salary cap sites. That's why you need to try draft. No more getting crushed by the pros. More than a million people have already downloaded draft. Play in real live NBA or NFL. You can draft right now. Be done in under five minutes and get paid out the next day. That's right, you're playing for cold hard cash. Drafts are filling every second, so you can join one whenever you want. All new players get a free entry into a real money draft when you make your first deposit, but you have to use the promo code. I'm going to guess fake pigskin. Fake pigskin is it. All one word. That's right. Play in real money draft for free just by using the promo code. Hold on. Hold on. Fake pigskin. Right. But it gets even better. Draft is so sure you'll love it that they're even offering satellite radio listeners 
us soon. A money-back guarantee up to 100 bucks. Just search Draft in your app store or go to Draft.com and play free right now with the promo code. Ben McAdoo. Oh, no. no. Fake pigskin. Fake pigskin. Well, that's Ben McAdoo. <laughs> He's a fake pigskin coach, I can tell you that. So let's get right into the headlines, Rick. Not exactly breaking news here, but uh, Eli Manning going to be sit da- sat down for the remainder of the year in favor of somebody who's uh, been quite the icon here on these airways, if you've been listening to us for a long time, Mr. Geno Smith. Taking over the reins in New York, Rick, a lot of people, players, fans, everybody seems upset that this decision has been made, think Eli's being done wrong. Where does Rick Briggs stand on this situation? When, boy, <laughs> when are you going to get your act together? That's to Ben Magadu. Yeah. I mean, that's just stupid. This is probably the only guy on the team that hasn't given up. Right. So right. we'll bench him and put in somebody that's not any good anyway. I mean, it's not like it's a Deshaun Watson sitting there thinking, right. hey, this kid looks pretty good. We know what we're getting with Geno Smith. Yeah, he, he's awful. He, he's right. pathetic. He stinks. I'm sure he's a nice guy. Pathetic might not be the right word, but he's not a good football player. And that's my problem with this. It doesn't seem, and maybe you know, he just has a better poker face than, than I would. It doesn't seem this streak. What was it? Two hundred and was it ten games, Rick? Whatever the consecutive yeah. starts he has had matters to him any. But what are you gaining from this? Like you said, if you had a rookie quarterback and you're looking to, you're not going anywhere. Obviously, you're sitting on a number five, you know, a top five pick. And the draft. So if this, if you said we're sitting them down, we're going to start Davis Webb these last handful of games, see what we have, and if we need to spend what that top five pick we're going to have this year on a quarterback, then you go to Eli and you discuss this with them, and, and you figure it out and you come to a deal. But what this tells me specifically is this coach, old slickhead here, putts moron, <laughs> loser, jerk, saying, you know what, problem isn't me. Problem isn't my scheme and the team I put together. It's this quarterback who, yeah, I understand he won two Super Bowls. You know, he's probably on the fringe of going to the Hall of Fame. But it's clearly his fault, right? It's not my fault. That's what this screams, and it's just absurd. And I agree. I think, look, it means nothing for the team. They were going to lose four out of these last five games with or without him. That that doesn't matter. That doesn't mean anything. But there's a a modicum of professionalism that goes along with this. And when you're going to Geno Smith, you can't justify it. It can be unpopular but you can justify it if you got a rookie you're wanting to see before you make a draft decision when you go to geno smith you're telling eli manning this ain't on me this is on you pal and that's pure crap that is pure crap of course it's crap i mean here's a guy like you mentioned earlier he's won two super bowls you know he's on the fringe of the hall of fame i'm not convinced that he's certainly automatic by any stretch i I mean he's had kind of a an up-and-down so-so career, but it's been a very solid career. He's very durable. Um, He has proven himself. And this is also the guy on a team that has absolutely no running game. Right. Up until last game or two where Dark was showing a little bit of life. But let's face facts. They have no run game. They've lost all their receivers. Right. And he's supposed to magically perform – like John Unitas back in 1962, I, I have no idea what what he's thinking. He's uh, Eli is supposed to do, and 
you are such a pathetic coach that you talk about all the problems on offense. You can't put a decent defense to be together because you're such a creep. It seems like every single week one of your players leaves the stadium at halftime. One of your defensive players says, you're finished, I'm out of here. I mean, it's just total disarray. And quite honestly, if I'm the Giants management, I step in and you – you know McAdoo's getting fired at the end of the year, right? There's no question about it. You oh, step in I, and do it now before you destroy the foundation of this franchise on your way no, out. I, yeah, I mean, this is a storied franchise, and I just stepped in. As soon as this announcement came out, the phone would have been ringing. Yep. I need to see you. <laughs> and Bring your playbook. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that call. Yeah. Yeah, bring your playbook with you, and uh, we're going to have a little discussion. <laughs> but, no, it's ridiculous, and – if you actually think Eli should be sat down, then you probably haven't seen Geno Smith's career. Right, right. So, yeah, I mean, it's ludicrous. It sounds personal, quite frankly, it, it, or think, just deflection of nothing else. Yeah, I mean, that's – again, if you're – say this is the Chiefs. Now, their situation isn't quite as dire, obviously. They're still leading the division. But anyhow, you have a Patrick Mahomes sitting behind him, a, a Deshaun Watson you brought up if he'd somehow still been on the bench. You know, you have a rookie quarterback sort of in mind as the next guy, or heck, even if it's this Davis Webb kid they have. Yeah, I don't think they have great expectations for him based on where they draft him. If you said, we're going to give him a five-game tryout here because we're going to have a top-five pick, and we're going to see what we have. Is there potential here, or are we looking at quarterback in that pick? I think I get it then. You don't necessarily still like it, but, again, this is the NFL. It isn't about Eli Manning's legacy. It's about the future of the New York Giants. I get that. This move, this is just a spite move. It has to be because you're going to Geno Smith. I know they say they're going to work Webb in. Well, no, you're either going to give the kid a shot or you're not. What you're saying is we're going to bounce around between Geno and Davis Webb. You're saying Eli doesn't give us a better chance to win than these other two. And if you believe that, slickhead, you're even dumber than I thought you were. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you are seriously stupid. Yeah, at least, at least to McDermott's credit, he threw Peterman to the Wolves yeah. and saw <laughs> Saw what he had and realized the error in his ways, at least. God, I hope they miss the playoffs by one game. I pray. I usually root for that <laughs> franchise, but I hope this jag has it's to stand. very possible they could. Has to stand up in front of everybody in Buffalo when this team had a chance for the first time in 614 years to make the playoffs, and they missed by one game because he had some sort of personal vendetta against Tyrod Taylor. Oh, yeah, and, and let's bench him when we were, we're playing Phil Rivers and the Chargers, who, by the way, started 0-4, now 5-6. and six. They're playing pretty good football. Yeah, they may well win that division. Oh, I the Chiefs said that, what, three trouble. weeks ago? You did. You've been, you've been all over that one. All right, going through quickly, other quarterback news. Looks like Jameis Winston's going to be back this week. Lucky for you, Rick, and your fantasy teams, Jay Cutler also going to return this week. <laughs> yeah. So let's hope uh, he goes down mid to late second quarter. All Matt I Moore know is I'm, ju I'm just glad that Gino's getting a shot. He's been on my bench all year. I'm just so happy for him. You know. You've been waiting for it. it looks like Jimmy G's <laughs> going to get the start here in week 13. We'll see what, the, what San Francisco has there. We'll see who Jimmy G is outside of uh, Bill Belichick's preseason <laughs> game schedule, which is all we've seen. That's a good point, but I think Jimmy G is an upgrade at no matter who they have I, there. Oh, I, I, mean, I, I certainly – he looks like a pro quarterback. Yeah. He does. You know, I think way too much is being made out of two for two with one touchdown in a game where <laughs> Seattle just didn't care anymore. Right. But he came in, he made the throw. So that'll be one to watch. 
Uh, moving on, Rick Ty Montgomery dealing with those ribs, still not practicing, taking a long time to heal here. And as a Jamal Williams owner, Rick, Mr. Mister uh, Montgomery can go ahead and take his time on that one. Yeah, I'm sure you're excited about that. I, I, I like it. Williams bailing me out. Hopefully he can keep me afloat until championship week when I get Zeke back. I'll tell you one thing. When we do get to the, uh, the prediction segment of the show, there are some real snoozers this week. Yeah. Did you notice that? Honest to Pete, there are games. Games that it's like, do we really have to pick somebody to yeah, win these things? Yeah. We just a tie, a zero zero, <laughs> yeah. a, a no confidence vote. We should get yeah. so many of those every week, just right. no confidence votes. There are some. The next couple weeks are rife with some good matchups for the top of the NFC. We have all those teams at seven and what is it, seven and three or seven and four, whatever they are at the top. Minnesota, Green Bay, well, Green, Minnesota. Not Green Bay, Minnesota, Carolina. Minnesota's nine and two. Philadelphia's ten and one. Right. New Orleans, Carolina, eight and three. The Rams, Rams are eight and that's three. who I couldn't spit out. Seattle, and, Atlanta, seven and four. I mean it and they all seem it's, to play each other over the next two or three weeks. So there's yeah. gonna be some good matchups and we're really gonna get a good picture of what the NFC is going to look like going forward. Kelvin Benjamin out. How'd that trade work out for the Bills? Speaking of the ineptitude up there, out again this week with the torn meniscus. Did avoid the ACL. You mentioned it, Rick. Michael Crabtree, Aqib Tlaib, suspensions. Reduced to one game this time, but will miss time after yeah. that. Just absurd spectacle at the beginning of that game. Crabtree screaming tonight. There is no doubt in my mind that thing was, wasn't premeditated. Just no doubt in my my mind and the, he's playing on a team you know and fortunately they won but here's a team that was four and six you would think you know what's more important obviously not the team well yeah he answered that question exactly and just settle in the score <laughs> how about it's so hack and so stupid but i am just dumb enough that it makes me laugh that even though crabtree took all the precautions and taped it down to <laughs> ripped off the chain again he got yep. it again that is fantastic but that thing, I can't believe they reduced that thing. Honestly, I didn't think two games was enough. That looked like one of those opening face-off hockey fights where they've planned this thing out right. in the bowels of the arena an hour before the game started. It was just absurd. You, you had to see it coming. This has been hanging out there for a year now. This is 100% premeditated. And, look, I'm not some Pollyanna. I like a little bit of this stuff when it's natural. That stuff's a <laughs> joke, and it's a bad look for a league that, that's dealing with plenty of bad publicity as it is right now well there's no doubt about that but you know the thing that really stands out to me is, is just the fact that Oakland's four and six and you know Kansas City had lost whatever three or four in a row you know before they played that game Chargers playing pretty good football you're still in this thing yeah. you, but you have to win and arguably well he's not really even arguably he's the best receiver on the team i'm just i don't care i, I have a personal vendetta yeah. with this guy and you know devil may care i don't <laughs> care about the team yeah. i got mine yep got mine wait what that do we say though to you really know pisses me off yeah it well, really does it hurts you on fantasy yeah i know but more. i mean 
I got a problem, too, with Tlaib in that deal. Crabtree's got his helmet off throwing haymakers. You're punching back, and he keeps adjusting his helmet, keeping it on. Man up. If you're going to have a premeditated <laughs> fight, sack up and take that thing off and fight like a man. It's easy to roll around and roll up on the ankle of an NFL media sideline reporter and all yeah. that other nonsense, and you get out in the open field and the swings start coming, and you're making sure your helmet's down over <laughs> your chin. You're a punk, too, as far as I'm concerned. I agree. If you're going to do it, man up, take that helmet off, and let's right. do it. Make it like a hockey fight. We'll just form a circle around you, and let's First end this First guy thing down now. loses. Yep, we'll just, we'll just end it right here. Anyhow, moving on. Jordan Reed's shocker out again Thursday, the world's longest hamstring injury. I got a feeling there's more to this, as he's been out since week eight with a hamstring. And you will never convince me ever to draft this cat because no. he just cannot stay healthy. And you beg me to shut up every preseason when I'm screaming that he's his number two or number three yep. tight end. And I, I keep buying in, and I think this is the final straw. You know, we always worried about the head injuries, but now it's all these other smaller Everything things. Else. He's always hurt. So hopefully Vernon Davis bounces back. He almost cost me a game in the in the caveman as he takes the hook last week. I can't explain it. I wonder if he's not healthy either. It's hard to say. I mean, you know, Washington had a big win. And, uh, you know, I was looking at the stands. We were talking about the NFC earlier. 12 teams. Five and six are better. Yeah. In that, and there's a lot of big games. We call them snoozers, but there's a lot of big games yeah. coming up. There's probably going to be a seven and nine team make the playoffs out of the AFC. It's, it's funny how that shifted. That was the other way around not, not too many years ago. Right. Uh, what do we have? Greg Olson looks like he should play this week. No additional injury to that foot. But we can't go near this cat, right? This is kind of just what we thought would happen. I think you, you described this very scenario last week or the week before when we discussed this. Yeah, I, I just cannot see when you have a, a man, a big man, 260, 65 pounds, non-contact foot breakage, not right. just an injury, a foot breakage just running. And you rush him back into that. You're seven. You're what are you? Eight and three, right? Yeah. I guess I can look at the standings here real quick. Yeah, yeah you're eight and three. Why rush him back? I mean, if you're five and six, so okay, you know, let, let's make or break. But I mean, they're they're going. They're leading the division, tied with New Orleans. They're gonna. They're probably gonna make the playoffs unless they just really implode. I just can't see. Why you would rush this guy in? Another couple of weeks of heel time could make all the difference when you get into NFC Championship game or something like that. Yeah, and I'm curious if, you know, when they took him out and in watching that game, you know, just sort of in and out on the red zone, I didn't sit down and watch that game. And they'd show him on the sideline and talk about how he'd re-injured it. Was it just sore, you know? And then now we're talking right. a couple weeks to get that back. Is it not fully healed? You know, apparently there wasn't a re-injury, which there was concern, but there's a reason they went back in and looked at that thing. That tells me it's, he's nowhere near ready. So no. you may see him on the field a little bit. You may see him active, but he's not going to be a fantasy contributor anytime soon. And quite frankly, maybe get him in for a play or two when he feels good. Save his cap for the playoffs. Exactly. You're going to be playing in January, and he can be a difference maker in a game. You got that right, especially on the one-yard line. He'll actually reach the football out over the goal line without getting tackled on the one-foot <laughs> line and then stick the ball. Did you know? Did you see that play? Which, which game was Ed it? Ed Dixon. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, he gets caught. He catches the ball at the one, mm -hmm. and, and, and he, he gets wrapped up. up. He holds the football. He gets wrapped up. They don't and, want to fumble, Rick. <laughs> I know. But he goes flat on his back at the one-foot line, then reaches his arm out. It was so hysterical. Yeah, close enough. 
close. Yeah. These days, the NFL loves nothing more than to take something to replay and reverse a correct call to get it wrong. That's their new favorite bit, so it was worth a shot at that time. Exactly. I actually sent an angry tweet out during the Steeler game. What was that? Exactly. Sunday night, Rick. Where you know we're halfway, we're the whole way through the first quarter, and I'd seen way more of that clown Ed Hockley than I'd seen of Le'Veon Bell to that point. It, it is so bad, and they are using review so often to get calls wrong. It is unbelievable to me. It's horrible. I, it's, I, I mean, how many more times can we hash this about the referees? Right. It's it's despicable. It's inconsistent. It's disgusting, and. Above all those adjectives, it's boring. Well, and that's yeah. It just drags on and on. We're, yeah. we're reviewing everything, and then you can't predict what they're going to do. Because and it was actually, it's getting to the point where their network partners are starting to mock them. That McDonough on Monday Night Football. Yeah. I can't remember the scenario of the play, but he said to John Gruden, "Remember when there was a time when they used video replay to fix clear and obvious mistakes? That's not happening anymore." And no. he just hit the nail on the head, and it's gotten. To the point where your network partners are saying, this is absurd. Stop oh, this. And not only that, the color guys, which are usually 15-year vets, right. are sitting there, oh, that was a catch. Oh, the, he was in bounds. And they're always wrong. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the refs go, oh, no, no, he didn't have control, or he stepped out of bounds, or whatever the case may be. And it's like, what were they looking at? Uh, you, you don't know. And uh, supposedly – the replays they're showing us at home are exactly and in the same time what these guys are seeing on the field. It's probably these decisions being made in New York now is what we're hearing. Maybe that needs to go away. But we got to. Well, I'm not going down. We could do a full hour and a half. It's on gruesome that. is what it is. Let, oh, you were over there. No, I said buttons. it's gruesome is what it oh, is. I was letting you push. Jeez. Oh, <laughs> It is yeah, pathetic. pathetic. And last one, Rick. This one hurts my heart bad. My boy, Run DMC, Darren McFadden, retires after be- being given his release from the Cowboys. That that escalated real quickly and seemed really strange to me. Well, that's okay. You still have Jordan Reed. Yeah, I still He's have him. He's young. Yeah, McFadden was always my guy, love. He was uh, – that really surprised me. You'd think there'd be a playoff team out there, somebody, Green Bay. For example, Boyle Washington, somebody on the fringe. You, you wonder, is he not healthy? Something in right Because I never understood. He never got a fair shake on this deal with Zeke Elliott. Now, Alfred Morris has worked good, but who the hell's Rod Smith? You know right. what I mean? What, what, what's this stuff? Some, something's up there. I don't know what it is. So, That he's retired. It's amazing. Great I, college career. One or two good years in the NFL. Kind of a disappointing, you know, overall career. Just for me as a, a disappointing fantasy career. You could probably call his football career a pretty good success. I won't say that's disappointing. All right, Rick, that's all that's worth talking about, and hell, half of that wasn't worth talking about. How about some takeaways from week 12? Ah, takeaways. Who cares? (laughs) No, I tell you what, though, the biggest takeaway that I got from week 12 is if Pittsburgh keeps giving up big plays – they are not going to the Super Bowl oh, yet again. It's 50, 60, it's crazy. 40. And you're letting Brett Hundley do this. What's Tom Brady going to do in week 15? And what's he going to do in the AFC championship game? Right. If you're consistently giving up 50, 60-yard plays to Marcus Mariota and Brent Hundley, that, that is a little – is know, that all the Joe Hayden the, effect? Well, I was just going to say, you notice the common denominator of these big plays, don't you? Right. Yeah, Joe Hayden's gone. Yeah, you wonder if that's it. Any word, they talk like he might get back this year. So, hopefully, as a Steeler fan, hopefully it's sooner yeah, rather than Yeah, broken bones, I mean, that's 
what is that's a fibula, I believe it was. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's uh, must have been a simple small fracture because they acted like he was going to be back. They do a lot of that sometimes. Well, yeah. oh, he'll be back three to four weeks, yeah. and all of a sudden four weeks gets here. He's got another two yeah. to three. All of a sudden, fourteen months later, you're still waiting for him to come back. So, yeah, but it, it, it's scary. Now, see, here we go, and this is this is just frustrated Steeler fan radio. Feel free to fast forward me about five minutes if you want to. But all year waiting for that offense to take off, and the defense carried that team. Now the offense seems like they found it. Ben Roethlisberger's come alive the last couple weeks. Antonio Brown, every time you think it can't get any better, (laughs) that cat does it again and again. Le'Veon Bell hasn't been as smooth, hasn't been as easy. It reminds me of Zeke Elliott's season up until – yeah, up until he got the suspension was official where it's kind of a grind, kind of a struggle. The numbers are there at the end after the fourth quarter and grinding it out. But but Le'Veon Bell putting up his number. Now this offense is rolling and the defense is kind of coming apart at the scenes. If, if just one time, if that team could put it together, they could be scary. Yeah, but I mean, we've been saying that for the last three or four years. Right, It's right. like if they could just mesh – Get the offensive line healthy. Hey, boy, they're going to be great. Okay, they did that. Oh, one more big receiver. They got, okay. Oh, running game, blah, blah. Whatever the case may be, secondary help. And they get the help. They've actually made good draft picks. They've been they've been building with young players, but they just don't seem to to put it all together all, all at once. Yeah, yeah it's just uh... – just not there yet and it could be maybe maybe week 15's that week maybe in the playoff runs that week it, it'll be interesting to see going forward and, and we're sitting here bashing a nine and two team yeah yeah so. that's that's typical yinzer Steeler fan for those of you not around it, it's never quite good enough <laughs> for, for the Pittsburgh Steelers all right Rick rather than a takeaway I think we, we should have a brief discussion here as we mentioned off the top of the show we broke this news that this is likely the last regular season fantasy game before your playoffs start right. so tell your friends spread the word let everybody know you heard it here on the asylum so Rick you need if one it's not in- getting a new league right right you need one win to get into playoffs what's your strategy you shooting for the moon you playing upside you dancing with who brung you and hoping it's enough. What is your plan? I, I'm trying to think back. I'm sure I faced it before, one win and in. No specific instance sticks out in my mind. What What's I, your plan of action here I trying to get the playoffs? I almost have to go with if, if you need to win to get in the playoffs, you're hanging around 6-6, six and six, mm-hmm. something like that, 7-5, and five, even, five, uh, you know, whatever. What is that, 5-7? and seven. It may be luck in. So you've either drafted a mediocre team that's, that's been doing okay or you've <laughs> suffered a lot of injuries. You need that one win. If you have the shoot-for-the-moon player, like maybe you picked up Josh Gordon somewhere off. That's in, the name in, that was on the top of my head, Rick. Yeah, I mean, you go for that. You think? Okay. I, I think you have to. As a matter of fact, there's a question uh, in the mailbag with him, I think it's going to be pretty interesting because, you know, it's kind of like – the game that we play, you know, him or, yeah, him or, yeah. you know. So, yeah, we'll get into that later on with the mailbags to stick around. But I think you almost have to, Rick, unless you're playing the dregs of the league that's won two games. Right, right. You know, then you go with your normal team, I would think. 
Yeah, because I'm wondering, and you think about, you know, we probably see a lot of this in the mailbag later, too. And this may affect how we answer these questions, you know, talking about your favorite word, your favorite phrase, streaming quarterbacks. You know, <laughs> is this a week for that? If your quarterbacks, oh, I don't know. I, give me a name, Rick. Uh, somebody middling quarterback who you're, you're still alive but isn't. There's well, not a I mean, lot. Of, I'll tell you what. How about Drew Brees? He's <laughs> winning football games, but he's not putting up any fantasy. Well, how about if you had, had hitched your wagon to Dak Prescott? Okay, there's a good. That's not necessarily a streaming option. But you go out and you look at the matchups this week. You know, you you got him account against the Chiefs, who suddenly are having trouble playing defense, or. Yeah, God forbid a Blake Bortles against a bad Colts defense. Do you make that sort of move? One game to win, got to have it. If you could only see the future. I mean, Jimmy G versus the Bears. Through through trades and whatnot going into last week, I had three quarterbacks on my on my roster. Kirk Cousins is the fourth highest fantasy scoring quarterback. Naturally, I go with him, right? He's third place to Phil Rivers and Josh McCowan. <laughs> Hence, I lost a game by a point. Yeah. You know, if that I'd, all you lost by was a point. Oh, yeah. If I'd have started Phil Rivers, I mean, oh, it wouldn't yeah. even have been close. That would have been a blowout. He just went monkey. Yeah, and, and so did uh, Josh McCowan. Yeah. But, but you can't – it's hard to say. If I'm with a Dak Prescott, oh, yeah, man, give yeah, me Phil I, Rivers, any of these kind of guys. Cam Newton, same way. He may have one big game, but, I mean, let's let's look at his stats. He's 2,400 passing yards, 14 touchdowns, 11 picks. I don't need that kind of man for a one-gamer. Right. You right. know, I want somebody, you know, Rivers really isn't going to throw up a stinker, I don't think. You wouldn't think. May he's probably still on game. some waiver wires out there, I would think. It's possible. Maybe a... not after the last couple of weeks. Yeah. But, but, yeah, like uh, Garoppolo. Against Chicago may not be a bad you know, stream. You know, that could be interesting there. I'm trying to look at McCown against the Chiefs. You like that one. You know, Bortles, you never like Bortles, but a good matchup with the Colts. You know, there's a few of those out there right now that over a Prescott, over a Newton. They're yeah. guys, you know, I think point being, our answers are going to be very, very different in the mailbag this week as they would have been three weeks ago. Right. D depending on how much information they give us on the question. Because I, think, I imagine yeah. most of the questions start with, I got to win this one to get Some in. Some of them so are. Yeah, you're right. I would think most of them. And one other thing, Rick, I, I was sit sitting in the tree stand yesterday, 700 degrees and no deer moving because the weather was rotten. So I got on Twitter. And saw an interesting debate amongst some... And then some, 10 deer ran by. Well, you would think, but no, that didn't happen. Well, they could have, and I had my <laughs> nose in my phone and didn't notice. But anyhow, an interesting debate from some uh, some respected fantasy guys. And the discussion was, I can't even remember who it was. or It might have been Jake Seeley, actually, I think. Or he was part of the thread if he didn't initiate it. Where he is uh, the highest scoring team in his league. And it's a head-to-head -head league, and it looks like he's going to miss the playoffs because he also has the most points against. And they started a debate of there's a thought out there that there should be one playoff spot reserved for the highest-scoring team in the league who didn't get in based on record. And some people were, this is nonsense, this is crazy, that you're just – ticked off because you didn't get in you got a little bad luck this year other people saying my leagues do this or these leagues should do this and reward you for putting up the points i'm just curious rick you're the commissioner in most leagues that i'm in where do you stand on this one if you're a head-to-head -head leg tough 
<laughs> I figured that's where I mean, you simple would go. As I mean, you know, if, if points scored, I mean, you know, you try to – look, I mean, if points scored were a criteria to make the playoffs, Dan Fouts would have never missed them. <laughs> okay? <laughs> you know. <laughs> I never looked at it from that angle. Okay. That's interesting. But, All right. No, I mean, yeah, you had a little run of bad luck. You played guys in the wrong week. We've seen this year in and year out. And uh, I was talking to uh, one of the freaks in our league just a couple days ago, and he made it to the Super Bowl. He was like second lowest scoring team in the league. Mm -hmm. But he played guys at the right time, and that's it. sometimes that's what it takes. Yeah, I tend to agree with that. I do find it kind of interesting. It's a little bit cool, the thought that you reserve one spot for that, maybe what you do is, if I were to do it, is not the highest, you know, the highest scoring team after the best five with record. You say that you take those first five based on record, and then if it, one of the remaining seven teams is the highest scoring team in the league, you know, so it's sort of a long shot type of thing to happen. Maybe you open that up to a wild card. But I, I tend to agree. At, at the end of the day, I'd sing a different tune if it were me, probably. And but I, you'd also sing the, the same different tune if you were that seven and six, and this guy was five and eight. Yeah, and I got oh, he's got more points. Sorry, pal. Yeah, I got bumped oh, yeah, out of that six right. spot I should have had. Right. So, And I think that happened my first caveman championship because there was hot debate, I remember, that I shouldn't have been in the playoffs based on that. Remember that? Well, that hippie was a, commissioner we had. Yeah. And I, to this day, don't know if I should have been in or no, not. No, you should have been, yeah. But somebody disagreed, and it was quite the debate. And I went on to win the title, and that wasn't my best team. That was the Chris Johnson breakout year. If I, and D'Angelo Williams, when he was a young man in Carolina, that team. Yeah. But anyhow, that has nothing to do Brett with Favre anything. Brett with Minnesota. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And, and uh, yes, I'll never forget Beat, the Super Beat uh, Mr. Rig Briggs by, what was it, 1.04? Yeah, the, because you had um, Brett Favre throwing to Sidney Rice, yep. and every time Sidney Rice, with your you get points. I, you know, Sidney Rice would be getting more, points. Yeah, and, and it, it came down to never so excited. He throws an interception to end the game because the next caught, catch that Rice made, I was finished, and you were the champion. Yeah, so, uh, those, those are good times, right? Good times for me. Anyhow. For you, yeah. I, I don't know how. But it's it's an intriguing debate. But I think at the end of the day, if to you it's, if it's a head to head league, that's what it is. It's yeah, a head to me, it's league. not even intriguing. It's just a no brainer. If you're in a head to head league, sorry, pal. I mean, that's just the way it is. It's record, and that's the way. Now we use total points if there's a tie right. for wild card slots. Right. And we'll give we'll give a little history. We have divisions in our league. Three of them, right? three divisions and if there happens to be a tie for the division lead we use division record as the first tiebreaker okay and then we use total points and then if there's still a tie which is likely never to happen then it's head to head but for wild cards only because teams are in different divisions division records throw it out and it's totally total points and so, I mean, it can be used as a tiebreaker in head-to-head, -head, but if it's head-to-head, -head, it's got to be record. I would think so. Yeah, I would. It, 
I mean, you, yeah. They I mean, made intriguing arguments. If you look at it from the perspective of I'm two, 300 points clear, the highest scorer in the league. Although you see all those tweets, you wonder how many of those people really are the highest scoring team in their league. Like, if I'm not mistaken, Rick and the Caveman, I think I am the highest scoring team, if I'm not mistaken. But I look just out of curiosity. I've also had the third most points put up against me this year. Well, so, well, Okay, I'm looking at the AFC right now. All right. Okay. The second highest scoring team in the AFC are the Houston Texans. Okay, you get a playoff spot. Hey, put them in. You know, put them I in, mean, baby. I like it. Yeah, Let's do it. I mean, it's when um, you put it in that perspective, it's not as intriguing as it was to me sitting in that tree yesterday. <laughs> you take all the fun out of everything for me. I'm sorry, logic dictates. Well, I'm sorry. Well, you know how I feel about logic. All yeah, right? that's nerd stuff. All right, Rick, it is time for. That was kind of quiet, wasn't it? It was a little quiet. Let's do it again. Let's try that again. All right, Rick, now it's time for... Game ball goes to... That's better. There we go. You know, obviously we have contenders, but, um, you know, I got to go Alvin Kamara. 87 rushing yards and a touchdown, another six receptions, 101 yards and another touchdown. You know, almost 200 total yards and and two touchdowns. It was just this, this guy just keeps lighting it up week after week well that's the thing it has been every week for what a month and a half now you want to talk about all that time we spend in the offseason talking about joe mixon and christian mccaffrey and leonard fournette and who am i missing there's one i'm missing kareem hunt it's Alvin Kamara, and it's not even close at this point. He's doing it week over week, and it's funny. He's that entire Saints offense right now. Drew Brees not doing much in the passing game outside of him. Michael Thomas has been a big disappointment. If you'd have told me didn't show me Kamara's numbers and showed me Drew Brees' numbers and Michael Thomas's numbers and Kobe Fleener's numbers and Ted Ginn's numbers, I would tell you that this team's 3-12 and 12 right now or 3-10, and 10, whatever they would be, 3-9. and nine. It, it is unbelievable the difference him and Mark Ingram, who had a bad week last week, but for a couple of weeks there in a row, they were the numbers one and two <laughs> scoring running backs in fantasy football. If you for a combine couple of weeks. Elvin Kamara and Mark Ingram, you have 1,393 rushing yards for the year. 1,300 rushing yards between the two of them. They have 13 rushing touchdowns. They have another four receiving touchdowns and almost 800 receiving yards. They have combined for almost 2,200 yards and what? What would I just say? 15 touchdowns, 17 touchdowns, I guess. That's crazy. This New Orleans Saints team overnight and seemingly quietly has completely changed their identity. You know, it's going through the running back position. It's being done with defense. And funny, now all of a sudden they're winning games. As great as Drew Brees was, that high-flying circus act they do doesn't win a lot of football games. They've got the right pieces in place. They've got the right quarterback who has a small enough ego to allow this thing to happen, and they start playing defense, and bam, all of a sudden you're winning a football games, and you're winning a lot of them. Drew Brees wants to win Super Bowl. And I don't blame him. And you're right. I mean, his ego's with the team. and But he's still over 3,000 yards passing. He just doesn't have the cartoonish right. touchdowns. He has 16 touchdowns and only five picks. Right. Very efficient, very effective when he has to be. But when you're running the football like they are, 
you don't have to worry about it. Exactly. And I just don't think in the past, I don't know that they've necessarily had the horses to do what they're doing, but they'd have gotten away from it because that wasn't their identity. Exactly. They've changed their identity, and it's working. All right, Rick, for me. Goes on the short list, you got to have Julio Jones. Nice to see them back. Boy, funny, you throw Julio Jones the ball, and he catches it, <coughs> and he runs a long way with it. Weird. Somebody should have told and him scores that. scores, too. Somebody should have told him that at the beginning of the year. Right. That would have been handy information to have. How about Keenan Allen back-to-back? Yeah, he gets my second honorable mention, 11, a buck 72 and a touch. This is two weeks in a row of double-digit catches. I'm terrified, Rick. I said it last year. We've seen him get on these runs, and then it ends with a horrific season-ending injury. So I'm white knuckling here because he's my linchpin right now on the on the Felt well, Street team the in the game. Man, don't league. worry about it. That's the it thing. Makes me nervous. But I'm going to give my game ball, Rick, to somebody who probably rarely, if ever, mentioned on this show. This is how about Robbie Anderson? Six oh, yeah. for a buck forty-six, two touchdowns. Doesn't put up a ton of catches, but God, does he make the best of them? And he does it on a very, very consistent basis on a team we didn't think had any weapons. So game ball to Robbie Anderson, very impressive. Oh, I agree 100%. i tell you what, just another honorable mention. I mean, this guy, and of course it's a product of the offense, but he doesn't miss. Greg Zerline, man. i tell you what. It is stupid watching him. The, the, the I mean, he was held to that one point against Minnesota. But, I mean, he is 17, 18 points every single week, and he doesn't miss. <laughs> it's like a running back. He's like an RB, too. You can have it to kicker spot. Exactly. Make you start to pay attention to that position <laughs> in your draft next year, which exactly. is something I've never done. All right, Rick, now the good one, the one you're best at. You stink. You stink. <sighs> I had to – there was a lot of honorable mentions, and I couldn't really decide. So what I did for my stinky sock – Ooh, there, there's, a, there's a thing. I like when there's a thing. <laughs> well, what I did was I got, I got an old nasty pair of pantyhose, Ooh. which is two legs there, okay? Right. Then I got a regular sock. Okay. And stuffed, stuffed them all together Ooh. and rolled them around in – Oh, God. <laughs> And, and I won't say it. it. It was what you might find in a barn. Oh, okay. okay. Then like manure of some sort. Yes. All right. Yes, fecal matter. We could, we could say <laughs> fecal. And matter. then I actually baked it, and then dunked it in syrup and laid it out in the sun. Well, what's the syrup do? It r- makes it rot. <laughs> wow, you you really upset at this person? No, it's it's three of them. That's why there's Ooh, three feet. Okay. Paxton Lynch. Mitch, Mitch Trubinsky and Eli Manning. I'm sorry to say, Mitch, we've been giving you a pass a lot because yeah. you're a young kid. But you know what? They combined for 39 out of 73, 301 yards, no touchdowns, four picks. That is ludicrous. <laughs> we, th- this is unbelievable, Rick. We have our first ever, ever triple header <laughs> stinky song. That is very impressive. I, I don't even know if I can follow that up. That is fantastic. A triple-headed stinky sock, or triple-footed, as if you will. Yes, it, I call it a tripod. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why that struck me as so I funny. don't either, because we're stupid. <laughs> why did that strike me so? See, that's why you shouldn't ask me first. 
<laughs> All right, Rick. I can't follow that. My stinky saga. Yeah, honorable mention to Marcus Mariota. It wasn't quite in your uh, tripod, but 184 <laughs> yards, a touchdown, two interceptions, and that's become a pretty steady stat line for him. This is a guy. Him and keep winning. Yeah, him and Winston, guys, we thought we were going to take big steps forward this year, and who just didn't. We took it on the chin with those two yeah, predictions and yeah, Derek Carr. I, I was, yeah, Carr is another one. I, I completely whiffed on my quarterback rankings. But I'm going to give it to Rick, and this this would be – got to get Bob Lung on. He, he could give us all kinds of insight into this one. But you want to – you know, Bob loves him some consistency. Yeah. That's what he does. You want to talk about inconsistency. How about T.Y. Hilton, Rick? He, for me, at this point – Yeah, Because what this joker will do, Rick, is you will get tired of this like I am coming off a two-catch for 15-yard performance in what seemed like a reasonable matchup. Anyhow, maybe not a great matchup, but a reasonable matchup. He'll put up two for 15. I'll get fed up and sit him on my bench. And what does that joker do as soon as you put him on the bench? He'll go for 14 for 180 and two touches. He is so darn inconsistent. Matchup doesn't matter. Nothing matters. It's just two or three weeks he's going to go nuts. And the other time he stinks. So stinky sock to him. And welcome to Felt Street's bench, you joker. I've had enough of it. I, I agree. It's he is frustrating, and that's putting it mildly. Can you imagine? And it's going to happen. I'm going to lose a playoff game by ten points or less while he's on my bench scoring 45. It's going yeah. to happen. It will happen. Yep, that's what it usually does. I hate him. He stinks. All right, Rick. Time for. Love it. Every time. Every time. All <laughs> right, Rick, you know the deal. Pick your poison rest of the way. So this will be who you want helping you with that playoff run. Here we go. Mainly a wide, an all-wide receiver theme here, Rick. I took the okay. easy way out, kept it to one position. Rest of the way, Rick, pick your poison. Jamison Crowder or Mike Evans? Oh, boy. I mean, can you really bench Evans? But I'll tell you what. I mean, I think if I had a gun to my head, like some of these questions I need to win, I think I might have to go Crowder. Yeah, and the point of this one is, do we believe what we've seen out of Jamison Crowder the last two weeks? Because what we've seen the last two weeks, Rick, is the Jamison Crowder I expected all season. That complete disappearing act he did for the first six weeks, seven weeks of the season is what was the surprise to me. This is what I expected. So I find myself asking myself, do I believe what I see out of Jamison Crowder? Here's the thing with Mike Evans. We sort of know who he is now, right? And he's not eight. We seem to at least know the Tampa Bay offense. Right. He's not the eight for a buck 20 and a touch. I fully expected when I had him ranked two or three overall in wide receivers. You know, blame it on the quarterbacks, the offensive line, the lack of a running game, you know, whatever it is. I don't know why, but those aren't the numbers. But he's putting up fairly consistent, what, four for 75, something like that, sticks in my head without having all his averages in front of me. So do I want those guaranteed points, or do I think this surge from Jamison Crowder is something to believe in? I tend to buy into it, Rick. Maybe it's only because it's starting to justify everything I said about him in July and August, and I hope that's not why I'm making this decision. But this is what we expected. They have no running game. Look, Pirine's gone for 100 the last two, but there's nobody. You don't game plan for Samaj Pirine, so you're game planning for that passing game. 
you know, the emergence of Dachshund. I don't know what it is, you know, why it's been so successful, but I'm going to buy into it, and I want Jamison Crowder the rest of the way. Yeah. I mean, he's got Kirk Cousins thrown to him on top of everything else. Right. So, I mean, yeah, I agree with you. It's close because, look, you, you've got pedigree and a name brand with Mike Evans. That's the problem. But, no. you know, look at Des Bryant. They're on a right now on a dull, I'm not going to say dysfunctional in Tampa Bay, but it's just not clicking. They don't have a great run game. And, and I seriously think that that offense, I mentioned it on, on last week's show, Deshaun Jackson is not Vincent Jackson. What I mean by that is a big, sure-handed, right. across-the-middle possession guy that really opens Mike Evans up. He's not that guy. Mike Evans seems to be that guy well, for Deshaun Jackson. Exactly, but that's really not who Mike Evans right, is. Right, exactly. And I think that's really hurt them a lot. Yeah. And, I, and I hope they recognize that because Mike Evans is too big a talent oh, to be wasting away in a role that he's not suited for. Right, yeah. He, he should have 12, 14 targets a game, and, and it's just not there right now. All right, Rick, pick your poison. Two guys we talked about, one on the sunny side, one on the dark side, so I hope that doesn't taint the discussion here. Pick your poison for the players, Robbie Anderson or T.Y. Hilton? Robbie Anderson. Yeah, I don't even think it's close. Just the inconsistency of T.Y. Hilton. Well, the inconsistency of T.Y. Hilton. You have, um, albeit they're about out of it, but, but the Jets are still playing awful hard like they've got a lot to play for. And Robbie Anderson has really started to come into his own as the true number one. We talked about him in the preseason. If he would start playing instead of, you know, like Fred Blitnikoff, instead of thinking he is Fred Blitnikoff, <laughs> he'd be a lot better off, right. which he has done. He seems to really be buying into the scheme. What that means for him going into 2018, I don't know because I, I don't think Josh McCowan's going to be around. You wouldn't think. He's about your age, isn't he? And well, But that's a problem with a young guy like Anderson. He's an older quarterback, a savvy quarterback. They developed the chemistry. Now all of a sudden it's him and Hackenberg, right? So, I mean <laughs> – you know, so but ride them while you can in 2017. Yeah, yeah, and I, I think certainly. And you know, to go back to our buddy Bob, there's consistency with Robbie Anderson. Now he has these great highs, similar to what T.Y. Hilton does, but his floor seems to be a lot higher as well. You know, right. T.Y. Hilton, he'll take a month off in between these things where he's of no value to you. Robbie Anderson's a number one guy. T.Y. Hilton should be, and on paper is the number one guy, but the targets just aren't even there so yeah it's interesting to look at I'm trying to look just over the last four weeks or so uh, of what we've seen out of Robbie Anderson and I was hoping I could find it real quick I got here. Robbie Anderson right here if we're looking at the last in the last month since since week eight the um the Atlanta game uh he had 104 yards and a touchdown um Buffalo 48 yards and a touchdown. Tampa Bay, 85 yards and a touchdown. And then they had a bye week, and then Carolina, buck 46, two touchdowns. Uh, since the Miami game, he has scored six touchdowns. So, I mean, he is just turning into that guy. Yeah, and look, you know, it it gets hard to accept this, but over the last four re weeks, Rick, in a PPR format, he's in what, number nine wide receiver in the league. I mean, he, he's ahead of – 
Larry Fitzgerald, Jarvis Landry, Cooks, Michael Thomas, Alshon Jeffrey, Funches, Thomas, Still, Doug Baldwin. There's Crowder, who we just talked about. You know, he's ahead of A.J. Green, Mohamed Sanu, Cooper. He's ahead of some big names. So it's time to buy in. It took us a while with Robert Woods, right? It takes right. us a while with some of these guys because it's just we weren't it all prepared for it. Robbie Anderson's the real deal. Yeah, and, and we'll, I'm sure we'll hit on so many things on, on like the season recap show later on, probably in January or whenever we, we have this. But this year has been totally oh, – and I'm not just talking about fantasy, which has been enough to pull your hair out. But, I mean, <laughs> even just a regular season has been crazy. Yeah, let's just look at for laughs, Rick, for the entire 2017 season. Just at wide receiver. All right, so the top's no surprise. Antonio Brown, DeAndre Hopkins, surprisingly Julio. Keenan Allen, maybe a little bit of surprise. But now all of a sudden, so there's four. Now it takes a big turn. Adam Thielen, Larry Fitzgerald, who you always buy into, but most folks don't. Brandon Cooks, higher than we thought. A.J. Green, all right, they about where he should be, if not higher. Here we go again. Marvin Jones, Jarvis Landry, Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill. Here comes Robbie Anderson. I mean, it, it's insanity, Rick. Devin Funches is a top 24. Robert Woods, all ahead of Mike Evans, all ahead of Demarius Thomas. There's Kenny Stills again. I mean, it, it's pure madness. Oh, I agree. Robert Woods is ahead of Mike Evans. He's missed the last two games, two weeks. <laughs> That's a so, good point, too. Yeah, I know. It, it's um, – and Des Bryant – is just an afterthought. He is yeah. he is way down on the list. So. He got old all of a sudden is what it seems like. He he was never a quick guy as it was, but he doesn't have any burst whatsoever. No, he, he can't get himself open, and Dak Prescott doesn't seem to be able to throw him open without the good uh, without the good run fake. So uh, that whole thing's come unglued. All right, Rick, sticking with the wide receivers, pick your poison rest of the way. Kenny Stills or Tyreek Hill? Tyreek Hill. You think? Yeah. I'm feeling like that's starting to get exposed a little bit, Rick. Well, Kansas City has been exposed about the last five games. But, you know, I think Tyreek Hill is still a solid receiver. And, I mean, if you look at his stats, they haven't been huge because they really haven't been scoring. But exactly. Last week against Buffalo, he had – of course, he's been rushing some yards – you know, 50, what, 54 total yards week before that, 80-some total yards. Uh, the game before that, touchdown, 64 yards receiving. Nothing spectacularly huge. But, you know, I just have to think that, uh, you know, Kenny Stills, I don't know. I'm just – I have a hard time other than Jarvis Landry really buying into anything in Miami. I mean, because Kenny Stills is – 85 and two touchdowns. Then you go 65, 28, 67, the buck 80 and a touchdown, 47. It's kind of like the T.Y. Hilton thing. Yeah, it could be. And, yeah, give me Jarvis Landry oh, off yeah. of that team. But Kenny Stills, I, I don't know. He, he he scares me. I'd much rather have Tyreek Hill. Yeah, probably the, the ceiling's higher on a Tyreek Hill, uh, I suppose. I think you put him on there. I think Stills is still a bit of, surpri- of a surprise. He's kind of sneaking up on us. That he's had any value whatsoever, especially with Jay Cutler at the helm. But Tyreek Hill is like everybody, like Kareem Hunt, like Travis Kelsey, like everybody on that, like Alex Smith, has just taken a nice steady slide in the wrong direction. Right. You know, you wonder, can you turn it back on at this point? Can you put the genie back in the bottle? I have no idea. But, 
the funny thing with Tyreek Hill is if I'm in a keeper league or something like that, you know, you know who he reminds me of? Remember when they decided we're going to take Devin Hester from just a kick return specialist right. and somebody who runs reverses to now we're going to make him our number one wide receiver and run our offense dynamically that way? That doesn't work. That's not who these guys are. So I think while they masked it with a really good running game and Alex Smith, you know, really changing what he was doing, this is a team that still lacks a true number number one wide receiver, somebody who can open up some room for a guy like Tyreek Hill. I'm not sure he gets it back. And I'll tell you what, this isn't a guy I'm going to be real high on going into next year unless some other things change there there in Kansas City. So right. I wouldn't be crazy about either. It's probably Hill based on the ceiling for this question. But uh, he, he makes me nervous. I don't want my playoff chances, my championship hinging on Tyreek Hill. No, I, I agree with you that way, um, I, nor would I want him riding on, on Kenny Stills either. But, um, you know, I think the gimmicks have been found out in Kansas City. Uh, I mean, Kareem Hunt hasn't touched or topped 100 yards since week five against Houston. And, in fact, he, and he hasn't scored since, and I don't even have to go week back three, farther, if I'm not mistaken, week one. Isn't- or excuse me, week three. Yeah. I was looking at the wrong stat. That yes, week one, he scored against um, the Chargers, and he has not scored since. But that he doesn't take anybody by surprise. Yeah, he was catching people by surprise. Therefore, Alex Smith, after a while, was was opened up to the passing. Now it's like, okay, we're stopping the run. Make Alex Smith beat us. He's not doing it. What I can't understand is why has Kareem Hunt not been more involved in the passing game as he was at the beginning of the year? Why, when you get inside the 10, is all of a sudden Charkandrick West in the game? They're kind of – and you know, I'm never going to question Andy Reid. He, he's a great, great coach. But some questionable decisions with, with West and with – Kareem Hunt's usage. There may be more behind it that we don't know about, but it just seems like his not only has his numbers dipped and his success been less, but it seems like his role has changed in that offense as they've struggled here. So it's interesting. I don't know, chicken yeah. or the egg, which came first? I'm not sure. It's it's just strange. You know, what do you do with Kareem Hunt the rest of the way, right? Well, I mean, I mean is this a guy we're thinking about benching now? It depends on who you have on well, your bench, I guess. Obviously. But, I mean, I'm not as high in Andy Reid as you are – and it goes back to the Philadelphia days when he had talented running backs. But they never – I mean, you just look at the last game, uh, Kareem Hunt here against Buffalo. It was a 16-10 game. He rushed 11 times. Yeah, That's I it. I don't understand Run that the one. damn football, Andy. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's – and and he had the same fault, I believe, in Philadelphia when he had some good t- – your boy, Matthews. Uh, yeah. w- was there. Of course, Darren Sproles was there. Brian Westbrook. Westbrook Perpetually was questionable. Game time decision. Yeah. Every game of his career. Exactly. But Westbrook was a little different cat. You couldn't afford not to give him the football. Right, right. But I think Kareem Hunt is, is obviously a very explosive player. I just can't understand. I, I'm like you. I'm baffled. Why would you change going away from that? If, if he can run for 172, 101, 100 and whatever – you know, for the first four or five games of the year, you know, why why don't you try to stick with it? Yeah, I don't. I don't, I, I don't understand, understand it. it. It it's very strange, and I don't know if 
if Hunt's numbers being down is a reflection on Hunt or a reflection on the offense or playing, calling. But he makes me nervous. I mean, I think for the most part, you don't have enough running backs on your team to bench a Kareem Hunt. But if you do, if, if you have a – I mean, this week, if Ty Montgomery's out, would you not consider sitting him for a Jamal Williams? I would. Sure. D- depending on – it'd have to be those type – or a Joe Mixon. You know, you've been waiting for Joe Mixon. He's starting to come alive. Against Pittsburgh, probably not, but I yeah, understand but what, what you're Williams saying. did against them. True. You know, they, they struggle with those pass-catching – pass catching running backs uh, I don't know but it's something it's it's a consideration but boy you would have never thought you know we thought he was the next Larry Johnson he was going to be you know it was going to be Le'Veon Bell it was going to be Ezekiel Elliott and it was going to be it was going to be Kareem Hunt right. and we're trying to decide what that order is next August that's that's not the case right now yeah, we're trying to see if Spencer Ware is going to be ready for week one yeah it makes you, you wonder and, and and you know are we going to keep giving Charkandrick West the ball <laughs> down around the goal line I explained that one to me I don't yeah. get it I, I don't understand that. All right, either. last one, Rick. Pick your poison for the playoffs. Stefan Diggs or Muhammad Sanu? You know, Stefan Diggs has been a real mystery. Can't stay healthy, and Adam Thielen seems like he's taking Oh, Adam Thielen's the guy. Over. There, there's no doubt about that, especially with uh, Keenum anyway. Uh, you know, Sanu is certainly one of these guys. He's he's a very valuable guy. He can certainly throw the football <laughs> for touchdowns. We know that. Three completions in his career for three touchdowns. But I think I'm still going Diggs. I think he's more dynamic player. And, you know, he's not – his partner isn't Julio Jones. It's Adam Thielen. Right. Who seems obviously is dominating more action than Diggs is, but I know I just think if 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 I if I was a betting man and I had to say okay I need this one guy to get through the playoffs I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Diggs I believe. I bring this up because it begs the question: Do we believe the Atlanta Falcons are all the way back? That they are that offense that marched easily, almost it seemed, into the Super Bowl and easily for the first half of the Super Bowl. If it is, I think this answer is Muhammad Sanu because he's been a true complimentary piece to Julio Jones and he gets his share of work and he gets looks down around the goal line is there still seem reticent to throw the ball to Julio Jones in the end zone. I don't know, know what unless that Sanu has unless Sanu throws it. Yeah. Right. So there's a lot of opportunity there for Sanu. You worry about Diggs. He's perpetually nicked up. And this seems to be his new bit, right? He starts off the season like a house on fire and then just gradually slows down and gets nicked up and the numbers go down. And Adam Thielen is so taking this thing over. I'm going to argue, Rick, you know, save for last week and you sound coming off the game Julio Jones just had this sounds especially stupid even coming from me Adam Thielen is a bigger part of his passing game in Minnesota right now than Julio Jones is to his passing game in Atlanta maybe it's because there's more and better weapons around Julio in Atlanta. I, I don't know what it is. Maybe whatever weird thing happened the first 12 weeks of the year is over, and now we're going to see Julio Jones dominating the show like we expected him to. I tend to lean Sanu on this one. I, I, I really do. 
And, and I'll tell you what, I, I'm it's certain, close. I'm not going to disagree with you, quite frankly. I mean, I, I just look at their stats. I've been looking at their stats the last three or four weeks. They've been averaging both of them between like seven and nine targets. I mean, they're, they're six and a half dozen the other right now. And maybe you're right. Maybe it is Sanu. He's certainly been more productive right? Um, the last few weeks. Well, my God, since, uh, what, week four? I mean, basically, Diggs got injured against Detroit or Chicago, I guess it was. And he really hasn't been the same since. He did have a good game against Washington. But, you know, maybe it is Sanu. I, it's a... It's a coin flip where you could have basically convinced me to take heads or tails, really. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's move off that one, Rick. Any starts, any sits that really jump off the page? Yeah, yeah. Again, I can't see going through the whole list at this point. No, but I'll tell you what. I am starting to um, think that uh, if you're playing a team that's 31st against a run, and uh, with your best receiver suspended for a game, Marshawn Lynch, Lynch just might not be a bad start. Just Hell yeah. Up. Yeah. He, oh, just, he likes that. Yeah, I imagine you would. I'm just about that action. Oh, Marshawn. don't we oh, know we, him. Yeah, we know that, Marshawn. You it's just, interesting. They're going to have to find a way to move the football. They, they really are. And, and actually, for my sit, I had Derek Carr as a sit for that reason. You know, they still managed to move the ball even through the air after, you know, Cooper went out and they had no wide receivers. But, but it is a funny thing. When the team's got a week to prepare for it knowing – what's coming because there's every chance Cooper's going to miss this thing because he's dealing with an ankle on top of being in that concussion protocol. So you're really looking at nothing in the passing game. So I think Marshawn by default becomes a start there. And I think Derek Carr's a sit even against, you know, what's a pathetic, pathetic Giants defense. That's why I feel I think it's obvious when a guy's top two weapons are out to say sit him. But when you see that matchup right. versus the Giants, you sort of lick your chops a little bit. I'm going to say not so fast, my friend, to, to quote Lee Corso. I, I think this is a guy we sit down. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, I'll go with another start as well. I mean, finally my guy that I believed in two or three years ago, Latavius Murray has come into his own in Minnesota. They're playing Atlanta, who's 20th against the run. And, you know, just another added little thing. I would think Minnesota would try to control the football a little bit so you're not forcing Case Keenum to get into a, an air show with Matt Ryan. Right, yeah, you're yeah. going to lose that that competition. Although I've got Case Keenum down <laughs> yeah. as a quarterback start this yeah, week. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm certainly not going to uh, bench him. But, I mean, I would think just that even split's not there anymore. I mean, Murray has emerged yes, out of this battle between him and McKinnon. And uh, he, he's running hard, and he's looking very good. It, isn't it funny how that thing evolved, too? So it started out, it was all McKinnon. McKinnon's numbers never really dipped. They just started gradually working Murray more and more in, and now the scales have just tipped. You know, it was all McKinnon, and he put up great numbers when it was him. And then they just slowly declined slowly, as Murray came in. Murray yeah. started. Now Murray's at the peak. You know, it's hard to put – I would never feel great about this week in and week out because there was never a point where you said – looking at what McKinnon was doing and said, oh, we need to get Latavius Murray the ball more. It just sort of happened organically, and now he's sort of – it's swung in his – it's been interesting to watch all of that since Dalvin Cook went out. Yeah, agreed. And, um, you know, McKinnon is actually still ahead of Latavius Murray in fantasy scoring, but 
you know, I don't think so by the end of yeah, the year. Probably quite not. Frankly. Maybe not by the end of this week. <laughs> All right, for me, uh, starts. Uh, I'll go with the wide receiver. We've talked about him enough. We don't have to go into it more. But Jamison Crowder, love that matchup with the Cowboys. Yeah, with uh, with uh, my boy, the tight end, uh, Jordan Reed being out. Yeah, you know, I think I think this is all Crowder and uh, Sid. Obviously, another guy I've griped about all day, T.Y. Hilton going up against that Jags defense. I don't want any, but this ain't going to be the week he goes nuts. Now I'll give you a couple sits, and one of them, you know, you hate to do it with uh, Robert Woods out, but I'm going to sit Sammy Watkins because. Yeah. He is clearly Patrick Peterson's target this year, I mean, this week. And you know what? Pa- Patrick Peterson shuts even the toppest guys yeah, down. Yeah. It's not even a word, I know. But he shuts everybody down, and with Woods out, that's, that's all he's going to see is Patrick Peterson all day long. And I'm going to give you another sit. Isaiah Crowell at the Chargers. River stays hot. They're not going to be try- even trying to run the football. It's going to be all Duke Johnson. Oh, yeah, Duke, Duke all day long. Yep. All right, Rick, it is time for the game picks as I roll on. What I go? 12-4 and four last week, Rick, as I just run and hide from you in this thing. And you lost a game. Oh, did I? Yeah. <laughs> I was 13-3. and three. I'd like to, an independent auditor to take a look at those. If it's possible. right here. If you could count past double digits. Nah, see, yeah, that's where, that's where you get me. I just you had your to, wife count the 12 for you. I just have to trust you on this one. All right, Rick, Thursday night football, probably uh, watching this game as you listen to this pathetic show is the Reeling Cowboys host the Washington Redskins. Yeah, and I'll tell you what, I uh, – Watching this Dallas offense the last three weeks has been horrifying. And at least Washington is putting up the front that they're fighting for a playoff. I mean, Dallas just does not look like they have anything left on offense. I'm going Washington 34, Dallas 24. There's just been nothing to indicate, even a tiny flicker of a bright spot that the Cowboys offense can turn this around. You know, this is one of those ugly rivalry games, throw the records out, all those stupid cliches. And I think they could come into effect here. But we have just seen nothing since Ezekiel Elliott was sent away to indicate that they could even be a reasonable offense. And with all the injuries on the offensive line and all the problems on defense, all the problems that the Washington Redskins have, Kirk Cousins has been that damn good. It's just that simple. They've been that good. Crowder's reemerged. You know, hopefully Vernon Davis is healthy. So Samaj P. Ryan cut the, but coming off back-to-back 100-yards games. They're just too good offensively. It's just simple as that, and I've seen nothing from the Cowboys. So I'll take the skins here 30-23. to Yeah, you look at the last six games. Um, they were at San Francisco. I'm talking about Dallas, 40-10. to Then they were at Washington, 33-19. Then they uh, hosted Kansas City, 28-17. Then it's time for Zeke to go. At Atlanta, they lose 27-7. Seven. seven. Philadelphia, 37-9. Nine. nine. Chargers, 28-6. Six. six. And that's because the Chargers had no kicker right. or it would have been, you know, probably at least, you know, 35-6. So yeah, I, that's, that's a trend right there. You can't hit double digits when Ezekiel Elliott goes out. Right. All right, Rick, heading to Sunday. Uh, this one should be a doozy. This will be the one I'm paying attention to at 1 o'clock as the Falcons host the Vikings. Yeah, this is going to be a good game. And I tell you, I am high on Minnesota, but watching Atlanta the last few weeks, 
I think they're really getting it in gear, and I'm going out on the limb a little bit. I'm going Atlanta 31, Minnesota 30. Yeah, I'm with you in lockstep here. I love Minnesota. I think if this game was in Minnesota, I may feel differently about it. But, look, Falcons got their groove back. It's just simple as that. This is a team we saw all of last year. We expected to see the beginning of this year. The Falcons are back, and I think it's going to be a doozy. I got the Falcons by a field goal, 27-24. All right, Rick, the first place and third in the conference somehow explained that one to me, Titans hosting the Texans. Yeah, and this is the second highest scoring team in the AFC. I'm talking about Houston, but they can't win football games. Nope, nope. And I don't think they're going to win this one. I'm going Tennessee 30, Houston 20. Yeah, you can't explain how they do it, but the Titans win football games. I think that's what happens here. The Texans aren't the team to undo that. I got them 23-16. to 16. The Jets, another team can never put your finger on hosting the reeling Chiefs. I contemplated this game way too long again. <laughs> this is a game I spent the most time on, too. Uh I'm going out on a limb again. I'm going Jets 30, Kansas City 21. Hey, see, you, you, you're you gutsier than I am. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to say, because I – you look, however many losses I have in our predictions, and both our overalls are pretty darn good. I'll bet you 25 to 30% of my losses have been picking against the Jets to this point. I'm, I'm going to do it again. I just have to think, when you look at that AFC West – you know, the Chargers are coming on, but I think it's so clear that the Chiefs are the best team there. And there's got to be something to flip the switch. I don't know. I'm just trying to justify in my mind why I wrote down the Chiefs win 20-17. to 17. I'm going to shut up and just do standing it. Standing by my preseason. Man, I said San Diego yeah, been was all over loaded San- for bear. And, that, and I'm sitting there thinking, boy, I egg in my face after <laughs> 0-4 start. But I tell you what. I think they are better in Kansas City, yeah. quite frankly. Yeah, it very well could be. But I, I've got the Chiefs here somehow, some way, 20-17. to 17. Here's another one, Rick, I hated, I don't care about, but was really tough to pick, and I spent a lot more time thinking about than any human should have as a Dolphins host the Broncos. Yeah, well, Jay Cutler's coming back. Um, be that as it may. <laughs> Is that a help or a hindrance? I'm <laughs> not sure. I don't know. But I just don't see anything – uh, from from the Denver Broncos, quite frankly. And um, they are, in fact, I'm trying to find my paper here. Uh, where are we at here? My, boy, I've, oh, there it is. I'm sorry. But I just don't trust either one of these two teams. They, neither one I'm really having offense. But I'm going Miami 17, Denver 14. Yeah, we're going to be on the – I'm going to be on the wrong side of this one, too, I have a feeling. I think I'm stuck in my even 2016 mind that that Broncos defense is really good. They're going to be without a key to leave. But just the thought of even a shell of what that Broncos defense once was with Jay Cutler going up against it, I just don't see how. I don't know how the Broncos score enough to win this game. But I, I've got the Broncos here, twenty-three to thirteen. I just I don't know how Jay Cutler, even if this off defense isn't what it was, how how he scores enough points to win this game. Well, just to let you know that um, Denver not only has given up more points than any team in the AFC West. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, they have given up more points than. Well, obviously New England, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, and so forth. But they've given up more points than Cincinnati, 
A lot of short fields. Can we blame the quarterback play for it? A lot of short fields off of turnovers, perhaps. I don't know. I'm grasping at straws here. They've given up more points than the New York freaking Giants. Yeah, yeah. It's. I'm just. Saying. I'm sticking with it. Okay. I'm sticking with All right. It. Just wanted to let you know. All right, Rick. Uh, well, not an interesting game, but an interesting team. They're fun to watch, and you never thought you'd say that as the Jaguars host the Colts. Yeah. That defense is just cool. Yeah, but you <laughs> can't, can't put one. your finger on this team either. Oh, no. They're, they're going to bomb out spectacularly. I mean, you, right now, you look at Jacksonville and you think, this team can play with anybody mm-hmm. because of the defense. But then you watch the offense go. Now, Alan Hearns has practiced. He's starting to practice. So, I mean, that may help a little bit with him coming back, at least just to solidify the passing game a little bit. But you just never can figure out if Blake Bortles can throw for 300 yards or he's going to throw for a buck 10. I'm going Jacksonville 27-17. Yeah, I think it's just too much defense there. You you worry about that team offensively. We know everything about Blake Bortles and we can make all the jokes. And it's fun to do. We can certainly do that anytime you'd like. But they can't get Leonard Fournette on the field. I don't, is he still in the doghouse or is he nicked up? There's something not quite there. It's become the, the, the Yeldon show all of a sudden. Really hard, you know, Marquise Lee makes Amari Cooper look shorthanded. I mean, there's there's a lot of warts there on offense, and I just don't know how long can you count on heading into December and January your defense putting up 14 points every week like they have been. But this is the Colts they're playing. And I like what Jacoby Brissett's been doing, but this is the Colts they're playing. So I'm going to agree. Never stunned at the Jaguars laying egg, but I'm not going to predict it here. I I think it's closer than it needs to be. I got the Jags 29-23. All right, the Packers, after almost shocking the world at Heinz Field on Sunday, hosting Tampa Bay. Yes, they are. And Jameis Winston, I believe, is coming back. I'm going Tampa Bay in this one, 27-24. Yeah, I wanted to take some encouragement from what the Packers did on Sunday night. I put that so much more on the Steelers' defense than I give credit to Brett Hundley for that. And I think Tampa Bay, they're nicked up on defense. They're bad. I think they're just that much better offensively. They just have that many more weapons. It's going to be a close one. It's going to be exciting. But I got the Bucks 24-23. to All right, the Ravens inexplicably with you. I'm talking about no offense. Right now, the entrenched is the number six seed in the AFC as they host the Detroit Lions. And this is a t- this is a team that I just cannot figure out how they are six and five. How did they win six football games? How how did they win six professional football games with that offense as it's constructed? Because the defense is is basically the second best defense in the league right now. I mean, I think that's basically it. it it's their while well, they're seventh overall, but they're second against the pass. Which which is is very telling when they're playing uh, the Detroit Lions, I think, uh, because the run game isn't really going to scare Baltimore in Detroit from Detroit, and Detroit's walking into what Baltimore stops best, and that's the pass. And I'm going for an upset here. I'm going Baltimore twenty four, Detroit twenty three. Ooh, all right, that is gutsy. So I'm looking back on this one, Rick. Looking at all the. All the uh, Ravens wins here. So, week one, shutout Cincinnati. 
20 to nothing. At that point, that Cincinnati Cincinnati offense was as bad as it gets. And you beat the Browns 24-10. Then I'm trying to look at their next win. The Raiders 30 to 17. That's a little more impressive. Then uh score 40, put up that 40 burger on the Dolphins when they just laid down on a Thursday night bad offense. Then you beat the Packers with Brent Hundley. You shut them out, bad offense. They do a lot of this against bad offenses. And, yeah, they're good against the pass, Rick. I grant you by the numbers. But this is a real big boy offense. They're playing with Matt Stafford coming to town. And I don't have the guts to predict that one. I'm going to take the Lions here by a touchdown, 27-20. to 20. All right. All right, Rick. The Patriots head into Buffalo, take on the Bills. This is every year this is the Bills Super Bowl when the Patriots visit. Yeah, and – it wouldn't surprise me if somewhere along the line Buffalo pulls out, you know, big-time upset. I'm still going New England 34-21. Yeah, New England tends to lose one of these every year at Buffalo, at the Jets, at Miami. Something, but yeah. But I'll take the one <laughs> the one loss if I'm wrong. I'm not picking that clown Sean McDermott <laughs> to beat Bill Belichick at a game of horseshoes let alone <laughs> professional football so i'll take the pats here 34 24 bears rick hosted jimmy g in the niners yeah and i'll tell you what garoppolo was the difference maker in my, in my book i'm going san francisco 20 chicago 17 yeah it was funny i was gonna say the exact same thing you wouldn't think a guy making his first start is going to be the difference in a football game but i think he's gonna be it He's going to have his struggles. He's going to make mistakes. He just—he's a professional quarterback. He's a pro, and I think it's a little ugly, a little disjointed. But I got the Niners here, nineteen to sixteen. All right, your Chargers, your new adopted favorite team in the league, Rick, hosting the uh, who are they? Who the heck are they playing? Cleveland, the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I—they were one of my favorites going into uh, the beginning of the season, coming out of the AFC, and I still like them I, they're they're just to me they're that good they've got enough weapons and uh rivers has been playing well i like chargers 34 cleveland 22 i don't know where cleveland's ever going to get a win i think they're going to win somewhere but i don't know where yeah i i've probably what six seven weeks in a row said they're gonna have to win one i'm starting to be of the mind that no they don't <laughs> they don't have to Detroit didn't that several years ago, and I think the Browns are just that bad. Chargers are just on a rocket ship right now, and they, they have the playoffs in that division in sight, so I'll take the Chargers 27-17. The Raiders, who I believe you could play wide receiver for this week, Rick, if you would like, hosting the Giants, and our boy, Geno Smith. Put yourself on that island, Rick. No, I'm not going to put myself on it. You were always famous for oh. Geno Smith Island a few years ago. I had a time Scott share Fish there. can attest to that. <laughs> but uh, now, Oakland, look, they don't have Crabtree, but they still have enough to beat the Giants and Geno. I'm going to Oakland 27, New York 21. Yeah, we're, we're pretty similar there. I got the Raiders 24 to 20. Here's the 4 o'clock game everybody will be watching, including your boy Rick as the Saints host the Panthers. Another good game, and um, this is a huge game. I'm going New Orleans. I just like what they're doing in the backfield. Simple as that. Look, they've got a better run game than Carolina. Right. They've certainly got a better quarterback and passing game than Carolina. They don't have a better running quarterback than Carolina, (laughs) obviously. And they probably don't have quite as good a defense, but I think – I'm tilting it in New Orleans' favor, and I'm going 26-24, Saints. Yeah, I think if this game was in Carolina, being 
December by that point. I may go the other way. I think this game's that close. Saints are tough at home. Saints are playing defense. Saints are running the football, and I think that's enough for me, and I got the Saints here 30-27. to All right, Rick, Cardinals at home coming off a big win against Jacksonville, hosting the Rams. It was a big win. It was an important win. At least they're still mathematically alive for a wild card. Uh, I still like the Rams. Uh, I mean, I really don't like the fact that Robert Woods is out and Patrick Peters is going to be all over Sammy Watkins. But Todd Gurley is a lot better than Adrian Peterson in 2017. I'm going Rams 24, Cardinals 23. Yeah, I think even if you – with what they can do on one side with Peterson. I think Cooper Cup, I think Todd Gurley are just more weapons than Arizona had. And look, Case Keenum, not Case Keenum, good <laughs> Lord, Blaine Gabbert is acquitting himself really nicely and probably earning himself a job with a bad football team next year somewhere. And it's good to see because he really took a beating out there at Jacksonville. He really did. And he's keeping that team competitive, and I think he keeps them competitive here for a half. But even as good as the Cardinals play defense, there's just too much offense in L.A. right now, and I got the Rams 33-23. Finally, Rick, a Sunday night football game worth staying up past 9 o'clock for you my friend, is the Seahawks host the Eagles. This is a great game, and well, at least on paper. Right. Yeah, it'll be a blowout one way it could, or the Yeah, other, it could but. be a blowout. Jared Goff could throw for another six touchdowns or something like Jared Goff here. I'm doing what yeah, you're I doing I got here. you all screwed yeah, up. Carson Wentz. But um, no, he's already got 28 touchdowns on the year. But I tell you what, Russell Wilson is nuts right now. Number one fantasy scoring quarterback in football. Do you believe that? Yeah, he has to. He's the only weapon on his team. I'm going Seattle 27, Philadelphia 26. I thought I thought I was, I was going to differ from you. I swear to God, we're turning into one idiot <laughs> at this point. It, it comes down to this. We've seen the Seahawks lose at home this year. They lose that game to Washington, which was kind of a shock. Their defense, there's nobody left in that secondary. They they have no running game. There's a lot of problems there in Seattle. But to your point, Russell Wilson's playing out of, out of his mind. That's still a really tough place to play. And I look at it, the Eagles are great, and they are going to be a tough out for anybody in the NFC playoffs. And I think they're clearly the favorite to go to, the, to represent the NFC in the Super Bowl. But is a second-year quarterback going to go 15-1? and one? I, I just don't know that I know, I but I remember Ben Roethlisberger, 15-1 yeah, as a as, rookie. As a rookie, yeah. I remember Tom Brady taking over Drew Bledsoe, and they won the Super Bowl, yeah. so it's certainly not impossible. I just think there's probably a loss, one of those humblers that sort of gears you up. You get hit in the mouth one time before the playoffs, and when you look at the Eagles' schedule, this is probably the matchup. So I'm going to give the slight edge of the Seahawks here, 28-24, but I think that's a coin toss game. I really do. Yep. And Monday night football in Cincinnati as they host the Steelers. This is one that I feel really yeah about. But I'm going Pittsburgh because I think they're the better team, but that doesn't necessarily mean right. anything no. when they're the better team. In fact, that's bad news as a Steelers right. fan. And playing away from Pittsburgh. But I'm still going Pittsburgh 34, Cincinnati 28. Yeah, it, it's kind of two, two different things where – they play down to competition. They play poorly on the road, but they don't lose in prime time, especially on Monday night. The Steelers don't lose on Monday night. That's a stupid rationale, but 
that's really the reason here. It's going to be unnecessarily close. I think the Steelers have a double-digit lead in the fourth quarter. Let it all go away is what I see, and I think they end up winning this thing by a field goal, 29-26. All right, Rick, it's time. We can't help you anymore, but there's still folks out there that we can help. You've got mail. All right, let's save some seasons here, Ray. We do have some playoff mail, Mr. Flieger. And the first question I put to you, you don't even need your pencil. Oh, good. Tyrod Taylor or Marcus Mariota? Tyrod going up against New England. Mariota going against uh, Houston. <laughs> oh, man. Alive. They're both at home. I'm going to go Tyrod here. I, I just have a feeling Buffalo is going to give New England a game and it's going to be a little more high scoring. I, I'm going to go Tyrod here. I think I will, too. I thought we may disagree, but uh, I think uh, Mariota's just been a turnover machine. Just, just, it's his favorite thing to do is throw picks for the last month. Yeah, and I'm going Tyrod Taylor. I think he has something to prove, and he's, probably, he's playing with a little chip on his shoulder, I think. Okay, we have a little PPR question. Doug Martin, Orleans Darkwa. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. Because Doug Martin's just been so bad, and they're working. They're, they're running four backs there right now. So I think it's Darkwa by default. I, I really do. It's Darkwa could struggle, but I, I don't know that Doug Martin gets 10 touches this week. So I know Darkwa is going to get more than that. So I'm, I'm going to go with him. Yeah, and I'm not convinced Oakland's all that tough. So, and Gino's not yeah. going to be airing it out. You would, God, I would hope not. Right. Unless you want to see a Nate Peterman type first half. We, we had this discussion a little bit earlier, Mr. Rick. PPR question Kareem Hunt, Latavius Murray. Ooh. Ooh, ooh, ooh. That, that's so tough. That's a good one. That's one we yeah. didn't bring up when we were coming up with scenarios. And we got the Chiefs in the in New York taking on the Jets, who are playing a little bit of defense. And Minnesota's at Atlanta. There's going to be more scoring opportunities for for Latavius Murray. They're definitely using him around the goal line. PPR is a bit of a factor here. I'm pulling the trigger. I'm going Latavius Murray. If Me. I got to win this one game, I, it's Murray. Me too. I thought we were going to disagree there too, but uh, I'm you, go, we're I'm turning going into Latavius one Murray. idiot, one brain for two idiots. Okay, get your little pencil out. Uh, it's ready. We're going to pick two in PPR. All right. Michael Thomas, Kenny Stills, Elshon Jeffrey, Des Bryant. Okay, so I can automatically eliminate Des Bryant. He isn't even a thought for me. Right. At this and point. it was probably this guy's first receiver he drafted. Oh, by yeah. maybe Thomas maybe, ahead of him. But maybe. they were probably they both were close. end of first, beginning yeah. of second, something like that. I don't I think know. Alshon Jeffrey jumps off the page as the number one on this list for me. He, he's just lived in the end zone the last couple. Not a ton of catches, you know, huge yardage numbers, but he's in the end zone every single week. So my decision comes down to Michael Thomas, Kenny Stills, looking at the matchups, Saints going against the Panthers, Dolphins going up against the Broncos with no Tlaib. You know what, I'm, I'm just going to go with the name brand here and go with Michael Thomas. That's closer than it should be, but I'm going to go with the name brand. So I've got Jeffrey and Thomas here. 
Yeah, I mean, Michael Thomas, look, I mean, it's really not so much name brand as far as I'm concerned. You've got 70 catches and over 800 yards. I, I think that's pretty safe. Hasn't scored a lot of touchdowns. Yeah, he seems but to have done it problem. quietly. Right, but I, I'm with you. I'm going Elshon Jeffrey with the seven touchdowns and Michael Thomas. I, I'm not into the Kenny Stills inconsistency with Jay Cutler. So yeah. Jay yeah. Cutler may throw for 330 and you may live high in the hog, but he may throw for a buck ten and four picks. So. Yeah. I, I'm I'm with you. Okay. Oh, PPR. Yeah, all right. This is one that hits at you. Hunter Henry or Vernon Davis? Ooh, Nelly. All right. You know, Hunter Henry's uh, T.Y. Hilton, the tight ends this year. There's games they won't even target him. and other games, he does what we expected, if not more than we expected in the preseason. And then you go back to last week, Vernon Davis can take over a game, Rick, and be the number one option and just look dominant like Jordan Reed did. And then last and week, they, they targeted him one time, and he has no catches. Uh, I'm going to bait. They both got great matchups. Everything go, going in favor for both of them. If I have to pick one, I'm going to go Vernon Davis. To bounce back in a in a rivalry game like Dallas, I think they have to get him involved. I'm gonna get it's re, it's a I just Razors. Think, I just think the Chargers are rolling. They're at home. They're playing the Browns. I I think I'm gonna have to go Henry here. Now they're both within two catches of each other. Yeah, it's, uh, Henry's got more touchdowns. Davis has more yards. I mean, it's a real coin flip. And I'm like you. Yeah, I'm. I can tend to agree with everything you say. It's it's a division game. It's a rivalry game. Vernon Davis comes up big in those types of games. So you want to go, Davis, listener? I'm certainly not going to argue the yeah. point. Here, here's my thing with it. Vernon last week was an anomaly for Vernon Davis. Any game he started where Jordan Reed's been out, Davis has been targeted an obscene amount of times and had a lot of catches. He hasn't gotten the end zone a lot, which has been a disappointment. Hunter Henry several times this season has been an afterthought in that offense. It's strange. So, you know, you know what? Let's let's help the guy out. I'm going. I'm going to go over to the dark side with Vernon Davis. Yeah, I, I think it's I a, it's razor thin though. It really is. And, and I just his production over the last month has been so much more consistent than right. Henry. So, yeah, I, I'll go And the with problem you. is we tell you to do that, and Henry's going to have eight for 90 and two touches, or he's not going to be targeted. So right. I don't think that happens with Vernon Davis again. I really don't. Okay. little quarterback question here. This is a tough one, man. Right. It seems like it always hit, hits. Seems like once a year towards the end of the year like, like it is now. Big Ben at Cincinnati. All right. Or Phil Rivers at home against Cleveland. Yeah, I'm even in prime time. I'm not taking Ben on the road. He's going to turn the ball over a bunch. Phil Rivers had found something last week. You get to come back home, take on the Browns. You know, so in front of 1,500 people. Yeah, that's right. It, yeah. You know, the capacity crowd is <laughs> 1,700. Yeah, it's just Ben on the road. I'm not even in prime time. I'm not messing with it. Give me Phil Rivers. I'm with you. Okay, get your little pencil out. All right. Because oh, blow it up first. Oh, we got to blow it up. All right. Where'd it go? There it is. Are people still making trades? Trade deadline question. Ooh, theirs is late. I like it. PPR. All right. I was offered Jared Goff and Christian McCaffrey for Mark Ingram and Stefan Diggs. 
I have Prescott and Tyrod Taylor at quarterback. My other running backs are Gordon, James White, and Frank Gore. My receivers are Fitzgerald, Jarvis Landry, Devin Funches, Travis Benjamin, and Muhammad Sanu. He's fine at wide receiver, so he can afford to give up digs. However, giving up Ingram, of course, it is PPR. You're getting McCaffrey. So even if you consider those a wash, which I don't, I think Ingram's still more valuable. <sighs> Goff, I mean, yeah, you probably banked your season on Prescott, and now you're riding Tyrod Taylor. That's what the guy's... That's what this guy's after here. He's trying to bait him with a quarterback. Right. I'm, I'm not sure that I, I think I would ride Tyrod Taylor and, and just keep what I have. I keep Ingram, even though he had that bad game. I don't know. I, I just don't think McCaffrey is quite as viable. Here's how I look at this. All right. So your best quarterback option now is Tyrod Taylor. So Jared Goff is a huge upgrade. He's a monster upgrade, right? Who are you giving up? You're giving up Stephon Diggs, who, looking at this list, probably shouldn't be starting for this wide receiver core. If you can start three, and I had that list with Fitz, Fitz, Landry, Funches, Sanu, and Diggs. Diggs is fourth on that list for me. So you're giving up a, a bench player. And Mark Ingram, who, while exceedingly more reliable than Christian McCaffrey, McCaffrey's still a 7-8 catch-a-guy game in a PPR league. Kamara's taking more and more of that workload. I think I hop all over this. If I'm heading into the playoffs with Tyrod Taylor as my quarterback, I'm not feeling so good. If I'm going in with Jared Goff, Jared Goff as my quarterback – and I'm just taking whatever downgrade it is between McCaffrey from Ingram to McCaffrey to get there, that's worth the risk for me. I would take this deal. I would do it. I actually wouldn't hesitate that long. So you would have, okay. Okay, now you have Goff for a quarterback, which certainly is an upgrade. Then you're starting, I would guess, Melvin Gordon and Christian McCaffrey. Right which is a pretty good tandem. Um, Not as good as Gordon and Ingram, but I see what you're talking about. Diggs, it really isn't even in the picture. No, he's he's number four on that list. Yeah, Fitzgerald, Landry, Funchess, and as of right now, he's not that far away from Sanu. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. Yeah, on the surface, I'm sitting here thinking I would ride Tyrod Taylor and keep Ingram, but – you're getting rid of a bench player, and you're bringing in two starters. So, yeah. You brought me on the dark side twice. See, I, that's amazing. I, I'm a good salesman, Rick. And you'd be surprised, Rick. There are only one, two, three, four, five running backs for the season. Five running backs for the season between Mark Ingram and Christian McCaffrey in a PPR. You're going from – now, it's a pretty big jump dump from 195 – to the 163 PPR points, you're giving up about 30 points there. But I know you're gaining more than that going from Tyrod to Jared Goff. And, again, I think Diggs is a non-factor in this thing to me, on this team. Yeah, Goff, jeez, uh, he is only 2-4. He's seventh in quarterback scoring, and Taylor is down 
Well, he's in between Case Keenum and Andy Dalton. He has reasonable numbers, but certainly nothing like Goff has. So. Right. All right. We did it. We've got this guy on the same page. Uh, talk to you, sell you a bridge in Brooklyn, Rick. I am a salesman tonight. Who, if any, would you start Josh Gordon over this week? <laughs> I knew that we, we had to have the Josh Unfortunately, Gordon. Unfortunately, you know, we don't have a whole lot of detail because I need to win to make the playoffs. All right. So it's winning in, and it's PPR. Okay. Josh Gordon over Deshaun Jackson. Probably. Why not? Deshaun, excuse me, Josh Gordon over Emmanuel Sanders. Definitely in that crap show that they have on the Denver offense. He's still nicked up. He's not even guaranteed to play. Tyreek Hill. After all that bashing I did on Tyreek Hill an hour ago, I don't know if I'd have the guts to pull the trigger on that one. I know. I mean, it's it's really tough. I mean, now, look, Gordon could not see the field, but Hugh Jackson intrigued me when he said, "We're okay, going to." Okay, let's do it this way. Let's do it this way instead of the way he worded the question. All right. We have Deshaun Jackson. We have Emmanuel Sanders. We have Tyreek Hill, and we have Amari Cooper. Okay. All right. If we're going to let let's go in order that we're sitting these guys. I'll go first. I'm sitting Emmanuel Sanders first. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now we have um, Deshaun Jackson, Hill, Cooper, and Gordon. So maybe you're only starting three. Cooper's probably out this week. Probably. Yeah, I mean, and he's probably going to be my next guy to sit anyway. Probably, yeah. Even with Crabtree out. So, yeah, I mean, I'm going to keep in Deshaun Jackson and Tyreek Hill. And then um, I would start Josh Gordon over Cooper or Sanders. I'm with you. I think Gordon, <laughs> if you're starting three, that's – you know what? And I think that's a better way to look at it. Looking at him player to player, having no idea what Josh Gordon right. is going to do. If I, if I have to win to get in and I'm looking at a wide receiver three position, I feel comfortable sliding Josh Gordon in. At least I can go to say I went down swinging anyhow. So, yeah, I think he is third on this list. So, if you're starting three, I think you can get Josh Gordon in your lineup. Now, he may not touch the field. He may pull a hamstring on the first play. He may drop everything. That, we don't know. He hasn't played football or, since or, 2014. Or he may get a, a, a ton of garbage points in, right. in an air show with Phil Rivers is, or is blowing them out 30-7. to seven. Yeah. So, you, who knows? If you gots to have it, why not take the upside on – if Sanders was 100% healthy uh, – he had good rapport with Simeon, who presumably is going to start this week, right? So – but I don't know. Sanders and Cooper are both real dubious to play. So, the heck with it. you got to win to get in. Play Josh Gordon. It'll just be fun to play Josh Gordon. <laughs> Pardon me. Yeah, I, I agree with you. If you're shooting for the moon, this is what we yeah, talked about at the beginning of the show. This is the guy to shoot the moon with. And if you have to win, it, look, if you were sitting there playing the worst team in the league, I would say, no, don't mess with yeah, it. Yeah, just play Sanders if he plays or Cooper if he plays. I assume. And that's another um, consideration. If you're playing one of the, the higher-scoring teams, go with Josh Gordon. Yeah. If you're ending your season with a team that's won two and, and doesn't score much, maybe just stay with those guys yeah. and not worry play about it, it and safe. see what he does. Play it safe, win by 10, and hope he gets you in, and then, then you roll. Right. Okay, PPR. The old steady Lamar Miller. All right. Or Christian McCaffrey. 
who is the Texans matchup? They play at Tennessee. At Tennessee. And McCaffrey plays at New Orleans. In a PPR, indoors, in a game that should probably be high scoring, give me Christian McCaffrey here. Completely different answer in a standard league, obviously, but in a PPR, I think this is McCaffrey pretty easily, actually. Well, I'm looking at a guy, and I'm talking about Lamar Miller, who has over 900 total yards and six touchdowns. And you wouldn't think that just talking regularly. No. Lamar Miller seldomly, or seldom comes up. No, no, he's just sort he, of doing it. He's right there. However, in PPR, he is a he's two places behind Christian McCaffrey in scoring. Um, yeah, I think Christian McCaffrey is the way to go. Even though, boy, I tell you what, I like Lamar Miller. That, that guy is just steady. But I, I'm going with McCaffrey. He's got all, he's got 59 catches. 460 yards, 68 yards yeah, the receiving. Other, the other thing to keep in mind, Miller is dealing with that knee injury. It looked like it was over for him right before halftime there on Monday. He did come back in the game. He missed practice on Wednesday. They don't suspect he's going to miss the game. But he's a little nicked up. You just wonder. You saw Alfred Blue on the field a lot. I just think in a PPR, this has just got to be McCaffrey. It's just simple as that. Yeah, we'll go with that. Okay, let's go. It didn't say we we could have been a little more definitive for the for the young fellow listening. I was. He Christian could have been a hundred years old for all I know. Yeah, but. Probably listen to this direct. <laughs> well, he was ten. Then I, he turned I, into a hundred. I don't think we draw in the uh, the young hip crowd necessarily. Well, you know, like I said on Twitter, you know, we may not be the old fleeting buzz term hipsters. No, we're definitely not hipsters. But uh, you know what? Alejandro's a bit of a hipster, but he never shows up anymore. So That's the definition of Alejandro's career here on the asylum. Exactly. We did hear from him on Twitter the other day. I yeah. Saw. He sent you a little, a little thing. Yeah. Okay, the last question. Thank God. Seattle defense at home versus Philadelphia. All right. Or Chicago defense at home versus San Francisco. And I almost brushed over this, you know, just kind of threw in an answer and answered it. And mm-hmm. then I got thinking, you know what? Is it, We talk about some of these defensive games and kickers and so forth. This could be very important to somebody that needs to win. I mean, I guess here's what we got to look like. What, who's more likely to get blowed out? Is it going to be – is Jimmy G going to go into Chicago and go completely nuts, or is Carson Wentz more likely to go into Seattle and go completely nuts? Now, we got to forget this isn't the Seattle defense that, that of 2015-16 and even the beginning of this year. I'd be more worried about Carson Wentz going in and putting up big numbers. I know Jimmy G ain't your run-of-the-mill first-start quarterback, but he's still a rookie. He's still making his first start. And still San Francisco. He's going to make some mistakes. He still has no weapons around him. I'm going to – I can't believe it. I'm going to go with the Chicago D here over Seattle's. Yeah, let, I want to look at this a little bit longer here. Well, this might be the is, most time we've ever spent on a defense question. On a question. defensive question. I agree 100%. But – 
If we look at um, just some of the stats, Seattle Seahawks, they have 29 sacks, nine picks, um, you know, and eight fumble recoveries, you know, and, and they've scored, what, three touchdowns. Chicago has 30 sacks. They can get after the quarterback. They only have the four picks, but they have 11 fumble recoveries and three touchdowns. I tend to go along with you. I think I'm going Chicago against San Francisco as opposed to statistically basically the same type of defense or the same defense against a high-power Philadelphia offense. Right. Yeah, I think it sounds crazy, but, yeah, play the Bears. Chicago's defense – even though they're not as good a team, they're certainly not as decimated by injury like Seattle is either. Right. So let's go Chicago. Let's gamble. I like it. Hey, we're, oh. We got to get the playoffs here. Man up a little bit. Let's do it. <laughs> I love me some me. No doubt about that. Is that it? Can we get out of here? Can we go home? That's it, Ben. All right. Thank God. Let's hit that right there. Thanks so much for joining us. Good luck. We are rooting for you to make the playoffs this week. Keep those questions coming at Asylum Football on Twitter, asylumfootball at gmail.com. We will be back next week right here on Fake Pigskin to help you on that road to the championship, get you out of that wild, wild card round. Until next time, we'll see you. Take care. Show me a city slicker How to kick it in the sticks with the critters that I'm